I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. That something might be said to encourage somebody's spirit. That somebody's soul might long for salvation in this place tonight. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor for what you do and what you accomplish in this place tonight. In Jesus' name. Would you say it with me? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. There are all kinds of measurements of men. And the thing about the measurements of men are, whether we would like to believe it or not, they deviate from individual to individual. Uh, They deviate from country to country, from culture to culture. If you were to go to Europe and buy a certain kind of shirt, uh, it wouldn't match up with the sizes in America. Matter of fact, I wear a 17, 17 and a half neck and 34, 35 length uh, in my arms. But if I go to, to France to buy a shirt, chances are pretty good I'm going to have to get a lot bigger size. I can't, my wife got me for Father's Day a beautiful shirt. It was a 16, 16 and a half neck. That was many moons ago. I, I can't slip into that slim little 39 or, or 40 inch jacket anymore. It just will not fit. It will hold my arms suspended if I try to do that. I can try to. The problem is that if I do so and I try to breathe, I'll probably rip it out in the back. Fat man in little toe. That's good. Just, just don't work. Just don't work. Hallelujah. The, the the contractor said, you know, I've, I've cut the thing two times, it's still too short. I just I don't I don't know what measurements. You've got to be able to measure things. But there are a, a, a there is a system of measurements within our world. You can uh, you can look at uh, the calendar and you can see that there are three hundred and sixty-five days uh, within that year. If you look Within a month, it might deviate a day, but it's somewhere between 30 to 31 days per month. You can look at that particular day. There are seven of those within a week. There's four to uh, four and a half uh, weeks within that particular month. You can break down that day to 24 hours. You can break that even down into one particular hour and break that hour down into minutes and know that there are 60 minutes within that hour. You can even break down that minute into seconds and realize that there are 60 seconds within that minute. You see, because within the confines of man, they must be able to count. They must be able to register. I've got to be able to measure things because I've got to understand that there's a beginning to things and there's an ending to things. Everybody wants to know there's an end to the trouble. Everybody wants to know that there is an end to the storm. Everybody wants to know where the beginning of things are. And the end of things, but I'm glad to know that he knows the ending from the beginning. So you can try all you want to to measure things, and and, and you can try to uh, take a tape measure and measure things. You can you can take and, and measure things with cups. I, I'm, I'm I'm not real real good at, at at baking and making things just simply because I don't like to measure from directions. Anybody like directions? If kids get a bike for Christmas, chances are pretty good my brother-in-law 
who has all the patience that God gave Job. He's got three young daughters. That's enough patience. <laughs> he's the one that's going to put it together. If there's anything that needs to be constructed, uh, he's going to have to put it together because I, I can't, I can't, well, I, I, maybe I can't follow directions. I don't know. But I hate it. I hate to set and follow directions. You've got to take this piece and that part and major this and measure that when it's all said and done. My mind's just spinning. My eyes are whirling. I, I really don't care much for measuring things. I, I can throw things together. I, I can make a pretty good uh, cup of, of gumbo because I can just throw a bunch of junk together and when it's all said and done, it comes out all right. I can make chili, but don't expect me to make a cake. Right. You're not going to like what it tastes like when it's all said and done. All right. But back to the measurements of men. Luke chapter number 6 and verse number 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Now this is the most quoted scripture out of all the Bible in all the world. If, if, if the world knows no other verse, they know this verse. They can quote it forward, they can quote it backwards. You can ask them any other verse. But they'll, they'll tell you, I don't know what, but I do know judge not lest you be judged. Condemn, condemn not, and condemn. ye shall not be condemned. Go ahead. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Condemn, you shall be condemned. Judge not, lest ye be judged. A lot of times we look at this particular verse and, and we say, well, what that means is uh, that you don't call out my sin. What that means is we don't talk about sin. But, but in a Pentecostal church, it just goes a little bit different because we understand when we come in contact with the sin of our life, there must be a point that we deal with that sin. Yeah. Yeah. We don't call out sin from a pulpit simply to point you out or make you feel bad. But simply to say, there is a King of glory that can overcome all the sin of your life. He can deliver you. He can set you free. He can liberate you. Somebody say, well, he's preaching like he preached this morning. Well, stick with me just a little bit. If you, if you walk into a courtroom, if you walk into a courtroom, there are some facts. Would you say facts? There are some facts that are lined up before you. Anybody that's ever ever been to court understands there are facts that are lined up before you. Some things that are, are, are not just substantial proof, but they're, they're cold hard and there's nothing you can do uh, to get away from that. I, 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 there's people that will stand on that, that uh, uh, they'll sit on that stand and they'll look and they'll raise their right hand and they'll say, I saw him there, I saw him do it, uh, I, I, I saw exactly what he done. They'll, they'll come and they'll bring that pistol that they walked into that gas station with. With, and they'll put it there. His fingerprints are on it. The facts are all there. And so when I stand before you tonight and tell you that you're a sinner and I'm a sinner, all I'm doing is declaring the facts. Well, how, how do you how do you think you can do that? What gives you the right to do that? I stand on the fact of the Word of God, for the Bible says it all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So just because I'm stating the facts, don't tell me that I'm judging you. Don't tell me. Don't somebody help me tonight. Because I've been there. I've been there and I might be there again. In a place where my sin is held up before me. But there is but one judge. And the one judge. Come on. Takes those facts 
and he commits them to the individual. When you take the facts, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, all of sin. You ever you ever heard those interviews and they say, I didn't do it. We have a we have a early release prison ministry at our church in the afternoons. It's amazing how many people didn't do what they were clearly convicted of. The judge looks at all the facts. And that judge has the opportunity to say, you're going to prison. You're going to jail. You're going to do community service. And just like a judge the other day that I was reading about, he made a woman stand on the courthouse lawn saying, I stole money from my mama. Because when it's turned over to the judge, the judge can do anything he wants to do with the facts handed to him. Once you have been proven guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's when that judge takes that evidence in the head. I'm here to tell you, I'm not the judge. But the good news is, there is a judge that's higher than me. And he's a merciful judge. He's a good judge. He's a just judge. He's a gracious judge. He's a kind judge. He's a long-suffering judge. Homes and drive a Mercedes Benz. 
But the Bible that I read stood forth with Jesus Christ looking in the eyes of a rich man. Tell him, go sell all that you have because I don't need your stuff. I want you. And God is in this place looking for somebody. He's looking up and down these aisles. He's looking for somebody. Said, I just want you. Come looking for some sinner tonight. He just wants you. He's come looking for some backslider. He just wants you. He's come looking for some cold or indifferent saint in this place. And he's saying, I've always wanted you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Hold on. Good measure. Good measure. Good measure. I begin to I begin to study that. Good measure. What's what's good measure? Good measure as opposed to a bad measure. In other words, you're not going to get ripped off when God blesses you. You're, I've never met somebody filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then at the end of their life, they say, Well, I wish I would have lived in the world just a little bit longer. But I met a 66-year-old man not too long ago that come to Jesus at 40 years old. He said, If I would have just started sooner. Then why? Because it's always, it's always a good measure that he gets into the book. Press down. Press down. Now, 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 now. This particular word here. I'm sorry to keep breaking all this up. I'm sorry to keep it up you. But, but this particular verse here. These words, press down, means to literally press down hard on somebody's body. Like you're, like you're doing CPR. You press that down to where it just can't contain anything. Else. Listen to me. You keep pressing on the measure until it can't contain anything else. Go ahead, press down. And shake it together. Shake it, shake it, shake it. I don't want anything being, being stuck to the sides. I, I want it all to go to the bottom and start at the bottom and fill to the top. Now there's people that come to the house of God and you bring what you have for Him and you bring your vessel to Him and it's got a little bit in the bottom. You're not going to get a good measure. But if you empty out that vessel, empty out that container at an altar of repentance and lift it up to Him, He'll fill you. Press down. Shake it together. And run it over. I've got to go ahead and stop right there. I've got to go all the way back to the book of Psalms where David takes up pen in hand in Psalms chapter number 23. And he says, Thou anointest my head with oil. In other words, oh, I wish I wish I had somebody that could help me with another cup. How much do you trust me? About that much. We gotta go out here where everybody can see. We got a lot of Christians that are trying to exist on this much of God. That's never been his intention. Just so. If 
if you'll excuse me for just a second, I'm going to be God. This is going to be you. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, you just keep holding it. That's fine. No. <laughs> He's used to helping me at home. <laughs> He's got a lot of pride. He needs a lot of help. That means <laughs> it's all fancy and sweet tonight. He, he, he says, I'm, I'm going to make for sure that it's pressed down. It's shaken together. And it's just so you know that you get enough. That I'm not ripping you off. I'm not cheating you. He's going to run over. I'm not going to stop an inch from the top. I just did a little bit. Don't you think for one second that's not what God has in store for your life? Don't you think for one second God that would have filled you to overflow? Why? Because when you overflow, you begin to affect others. Don't you let the enemy of your soul tell you he's got a little blessing for you. He's got a blessing that you can't even contain. He's got a blessing in store for you that you can't even measure out. Because it was running over. Yeah. It was pressed down. It was shaken together. And it was running over. Yeah. There's no way else to prove that it's full. That when it begins to run over, you can shake it. You can press it. But when it runs over, that's the ultimate test. He's come into this place tonight to fill you. Shall men give shall into men your give. bosom? Shall men give into your bosom? Just take it down if you want to. I don't have enough water to fill those up. Yeah, that's good. Just right there. Shall men give into your bosom? Now, if you look at that and you begin to study that, you'll find that it has to do with the cloak that the individual wears. And they would sew together the outer garment with the inner girdle. And even men were or girls in that time, not just women. And so they would they would knit them together so that when they would go into the marketplace, and the the owner of that particular table in the marketplace, they would walk up to that table and they would say, I need enough to fill the bosom. They would take and they would take that, that handle of that of that bucket, they would plunge it into whatever it was, whether it would be grain. Uh, whether it be cornmeal, soybeans, whatever it would be. And they would pour it into the bosom until it began to flow over. If they were to bring just a simple little pot to the uh, marketplace, they would fill the pot until it flowed over. Because when it flowed over, they knew that was enough. Now here's the important part. Those individuals were responsible for bringing the container to the marketplace. Come on, come on, come on. 
They were responsible for making sure that the container was empty and void of all other things. So that when the owner of the marketplace would begin to pour into their bosom or pour into their container, that they got exactly what they asked for and enough of it. I just need, just need enough to get me through the week. Can you help me out? And they'd put it there until it flowed over. And they would even out the top and carry it back to their house. And when they carried it back to their house, and a week later you'd find them with that container coming back again to the marketplace. Can you help me and fill it up? And then they would take and smooth it off the top and take it back home for another week. I wonder, I wonder how long it took for somebody to say, I'm leaving that little container at home and I'm bringing something that I don't have to keep coming back time after time after time after time after time after time. I'm here to tell you God's in this place and he's looking for somebody that's hungry enough that they'll walk into the house of God and say everything that you can feel. Feel every void, every crevice, every corner of my life. So the summation of this particular, particular verse. Luke chapter number 6, verse number 38 is simply this, being filled. I began to rattle in my brain. Where else we could find this? Acts chapter number 2. In the very beginning of that particular portion of Scripture. Brother Sebastian's going to read it for us. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. When the day of Pentecost was, say, say this with me, fully, fully, fully come. There was an atmosphere ripe with Pentecost. They couldn't help but receive the promise. Why? Because they've been praying, they've been they've been fasting, they've been seeking after God. And when Pentecost was fully come, if you're in a church that does not believe in Pentecost, I'm not talking about Pentecostals, I'm not talking about apostolics, I'm talking about the Word of God does not believe in Pentecost. You take the Word of God to your pastor and you say, you explain to me Acts chapter number 2. You explain to me what took place there. You explain to me what happened. Why? Because when Pentecost was fully come, something took place, something transpired, and something happened that could not be denied ever again. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Tell me, tell me what that sound done. Tell me what took place with that wind. What did it do? Had it filled all the house where they were sitting. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. Have Jesus. Have Jesus. Jesus in this place. 
and my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus in this place. But until I took the next step, it never made a difference. It's one thing for Pentecost to be fully come in this place tonight. It's altogether different for this house to be filled, hallelujah, with His presence. But until we move to that next step, I will not as a preacher be satisfied. Go ahead to the next one. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. It sat on each of them. And Go they, ahead. And they were all... How many were there, Brother Sebastian? All 120. 120 people were in the house that night. The wind of God began to blow. It began to move. And when it done so, it filled the entire place. And every individual was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't you think anything different should happen in this place tonight? If you want the Holy Ghost, you can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're desirous of the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gave them utterance as the spirit gave them utterance I, I, I dare say with all of the measurements of men you, you can measure a 12 inch uh, ruler, uh, you can measure a 36 inch uh, yardstick you can measure all you want you can measure in weight uh, you can measure uh, you, you can measure water in liquid, you can measure anything you want to but when it comes to God would you just in this place tonight throw out the measurements men and say, God, I know you've got more for me than I could ever count, I could ever measure, I could ever weigh. For those of you that are counting, I've worked for 29 minutes. Shut up. Some good sense of God, raise your hands toward heaven and begin to pray for His Spirit to fall in this place. He orchestrated this entire weekend so that people could be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if I have been too loud for you, please, 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 please forgive me. I beg your forgiveness. I, I, I just am so desirous of you receiving the gift that I've had in my life that's dramatically changed my life. I'm so hungry for you to experience what I've experienced. That first time I found my way down to an altar and asked God to forgive me of the sins of my life. And He gloriously filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Nothing can compare to that. Nothing can measure up to that. I want you to know there's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. They're going to begin to play. They're going to begin to sing. And when they do so, if you've never walked down to an apostolic altar in your life, maybe this is all kind of scary to you. Well, they're so loud. They're so, so boisterous. They're so emotional. I will tell you this. If you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will feel just like this group of people feels tonight. 
about what's happened in their lives. I can't describe it because the writer says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I would like to describe it to you, but I cannot. All I can tell you is the greatest thing you will ever experience. And nothing can compare to the infilling of the gift of God in your life. As they begin to sing, I'm going to open up this altar to every individual. We've already raised our hands. Those individuals who want to give them the Holy Ghost. If you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to step out from your pew. Make your way down around this altar. Ask God to forgive you the sins of your life if you've never done so. And throw your hands up into the air. And He'll gloriously fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I said He will gloriously fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I said He will gloriously fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because He's bound to His Word. Go ahead and begin to see. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want the rest of the church to begin to come. I'm talking to backsliders right now. I'm looking across this congregation. I'm looking for backsliders. I'm looking for those who become cold and indifferent.
Yes, God. Yes, God. 